Hey there, I'm Judy Croon, Canada's keynote humorist. Welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper. Shelf help with a dash of humor. Voted one of the best podcasts in Canada last year by CTV. Hey, if you or your workplace is suffering from stress or you need some stress-busting tips along with some genuine fun, ask me about my keynotes and workshops entitled Relieving Work-Related Stress with Humor. Or you can ask me about my stand-up comedy coaching at judycroon.com. Happy clients include Remax, the Canadian Olympic Committee, and CIBC, just to mention a few. Not-so-happy clients include my parents. Hey, uh, just kidding. Today's podcast is sponsored by Truel Social. Truel Social knows to be visible online, you have to be fully committed, congruent in who you are and what you do. You must adopt the right mindset. Steer your ship to the SS optimization in Truel Social to get you sailing on course. Check out truelsocial.com. Today is Monday. That means it's time for just another Mindful Monday. Today's guest, I am so excited. We go back such a long way, Mr. Wayne Termel. Wayne is a former stand-up comic I know from the days out west. He's also uh, the writer of many leadership books as well as novels. He's originally from BC. He began his, uh, began his stand-up career out there in Vancouver, moved to Toronto, then Los Angeles. And after his comedy career, he got involved in the communication training business and is now the author of 15 books. His novels include Count of the Sahara, Acres Bastard, and Acres Orphans. And most recently, he introduced his first book in the Johnny Lichen series, Johnny Lichen and the Anubis Disc. He's recognized as the world-leading expert in remote work and virtual business communication with books like The Long Distance Leader and The Long Distance Teammate. And he's the co-founder of the Remote Leadership Institute. Joining us from Las Vegas, Wayne Termel. Wayne, thank you so much for coming on the show. That is the longest introduction of me I've had since <laughs> probably Simon Rakoff in 91. <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> well, you deserve it. You've, you've been doing so much stuff. And I got to ask you right off the top, um, you know, pre-COVID, like you, it's almost like you saw this coming. How did you and why did you get into remote work and virtual business communication? Because now that's all the now that's all the rage, but you've been doing this for years and years. So what was sure, your I'm a little bit like the guy with the sandwich board that's been walking up and down the street saying the end is near. And now <laughs> I have a new sandwich board that basically says told you. <laughs> um, actually, what happened was when my stand-up career sputtered and died a horrible, ugly death, and I had to get a big boy job, the number of jobs where, you know, primary job description was stand there and talk was fairly small, and I got into the presentation skills training area. Mm. Okay. Uh, since standing and talking was something I knew how to do. <laughs> and it, it, it was very good to me. And, and I started writing and doing some things. But about 18 years ago, I remember somebody said to me in a class, you know, this whole stand in front of the room and talk thing is lovely. But, you know, I only talk to real people like twice a year. Mm -hmm. The rest of the time, I'm doing this new thing called WebEx. 
Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And I started looking into it, and, and I realized that this was going to be a thing, this idea of web communication hmm. and, you know, how much it's changed over the years. But nobody was teaching people how to be effective presenters and communicators. Hmm. It was kind of, here. here's your WebEx license, try not to hurt somebody. <laughs> and so I, I, I was thinking about going out on my own. My former company took me out back and shot me. Um, and so I, I kind of staked out this area of virtual communication because it's wonderful, the ability to use webcams and, you know, you and I are thousands of miles apart. Mm -hmm. And I know you've done presentations, I mean, anywhere in the world, which is amazing. I mean, this is Jetson stuff, which <laughs> totally. means nothing to anybody in the audience under 40. <laughs> but this is science fiction for the likes of me and thee. It and is. I mean, it's amazing because, you know, had it not been for things like WebEx and Teams and and Zoom, I mean, 95% of my pre uh, presentations were were virtual last year. Absolutely. And but you also know that this is a different form of communication. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to present yourself differently. Yes. Eye contact is different. Yeah. The, the rate at which you speak is different. Mm -hmm. um, and, and nobody was teaching anybody that. It was just like, go and use this thing. And I saw an opportunity there. And so I was doing that for about eight years. And, and I had a podcast at the time called The Cranky Middle Manager Show. And I remember that. I always <laughs> thought the name was so funny. I thought that was perfect. And and met Kevin Eikenberry, who's one of the big screens in leadership development. And we knew each other. We were friendly, collegial for years and years. And he was getting a lot of requests for virtual communication and, and remote team things. This is about seven years ago. And I was getting requests for, okay, the presentation and meeting thing is fine, but what about our teams? Mm -hmm. And rather than both of us reinvent our own wheels, we came together and brought what I bring to the party with Kevin's expertise in leadership. And so about six, seven years ago, we created this thing called the Remote Leadership Institute, and we started what became long distance leader and, and long distance teammates. So yeah, we were ahead of the curve by just kind of enough. Uh, well, you have many books, but two of your books, the long distance leader and the long distance teammate for folks who are mm -hmm. listening to this podcast and saying, you know what, I want to be a better presenter. I want to be a better virtual leader. How, uh, what are some of the key takeaways from, or give us a key takeaway from each book? Yeah. Long distance leader has a deceptively simple promise, uh, which is there have always been people who have led successful teams. Genghis Khan ruled half the world and never held a Zoom meeting. <laughs> you know, Julius Caesar did great out in the field. It's when he went back to the office, things kind of went sideways. <laughs> but what has happened, and especially, you know, COVID, to beat the Julius Caesar analogy in the ground, mm -hmm. COVID pushed us across the Rubicon 
where it was building and building and building. I mean, remote work was growing at 30% a year before, you know, suddenly everybody had to do it or at least a third of the workforce. And so things kind of got crazy for a while. And people forgot that to be a leader, if you look at, and there are models and consultancy things in the book, but the simplest way to explain it is if you think about your job as a leader, what you have to do, right? You set the vision, you manage performance, you coach your people, you do all that good. Yep, still got to do absolutely everything that you had to do before. Mm. The difference is that we are doing it blindfolded right. because it's not like you can walk through the office and see Judy beating her head on the monitor <laughs> and go, are you okay? Right. Right. Um, and the way that we communicate through technology, whether it's webcams, whether it's uh, chat messages or whatever, is very different. And we need to be far more mindful as leaders of how we're communicating. So it's not what we have to do so much as how we do it. Uh, just as an example, in the 30-ish years that is my big boy career, right? Mm -hmm. my day job career. My first job was rolling out email to the company that had hired me. In 30 years, we have gone from, e you know, what's email? To over 70% of our workplace communication takes place in writing. That is a huge thing. If you think about how we really communicate effectively and yeah, good point. how writing is different than face-to-face -face, and anybody who's ever, you know, sent an email and then spent three days apologizing. <laughs> so true. You, know, you understand that there are some significant challenges. So that's, we have 19 rules, which is really... 18 because rule 19 is remember rule number one, which is think leadership first and location second. It's about being mindful. Longest as teammate is slightly different in that we surveyed a lot of people and said, you know, what is it that makes somebody a good teammate? And it's not being the best person on your team. What it, being a good teammate has three things. You got to be good at your job, right? You got to haul your weight. But you also need to be productive in terms of helping your teammates. If we think about who's a great teammate, it's somebody who offers to help, who answers questions, who is willing to, to have your back. But the most important thing is proactivity. Because if I'm in the office and you see me, you go, oh, I need to ask Wayne a question. But if you're sitting at home you don't know if I'm working, you don't know if I'm busy, so maybe I won't ask that question. Or maybe I won't get clarification on that. Or the other thing is when we do communicate, it's extremely transactional. True. There's right? a lot. Hey, can yeah, you give me this right. information? Here's the information. And there isn't the, hey, how you doing? How's the dog? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the emphatic is the big schmancy word for it, conversation that helps us build relationships. Right. And that helps us be better at our job. I mean, not only does it make it human 
right? And connect us on a human level. It makes us better at our job when well, we I have think those relationships. Now that a lot of people are, are, you know, back at the office or going back to the office uh, in that transition period, a lot of people are really freaked out because they feel like their social skills have you know, been been compromised over the past two, two and a half years. Well, we have to remember that for 150 years, we have been trained like organ grinder monkeys in what <laughs> it is to work for a living and to go to work. And what does that mean to be an employee? And all of that, we were taught what that is. And to the point where over 60% pre-COVID, over 60% of our workplace or of our social communication for the week took place in the workplace. Over 60%? Over 60%. Wow. Think about it. Yeah. You sleep eight hours a day, so sure. you're down to whatever. But where did you talk to people? You talked to them at work. You right. talked to them at the water cooler. You talked to your customers. You did all this stuff. You went out for drinks afterwards. I mean, just as an example, in the 80s, a third of long distance, long-term relationships began in the workplace. Right. Uh, now, interestingly enough, it's almost 30% begin online. Yes, thank God for all those online dating services. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, fortunately, you know, I've been out of the game for so long and I never had any game to start with. <laughs> so, you know, I never had to worry about that particularly. <laughs> hey, let's switch gears for a second because I want to know, um, you know, you're doing, uh, you're doing this coaching on the side, but then you have this other side to you. I'm so intrigued by comedians that spin stand-up comedy into something else, right? So for you, uh, the long-distance leader, the long-distance teammate, uh, remote training, leadership, that's all cool. But then now, on top of that, you're the author of these these novels. Was, is the genre considered, uh, is Johnny Lichen, is the series considered, does the genre horror, thriller, detective, what is it? As usual, um, with my brilliant career planning, which has extended all the way to the beginning of my adult life, um, it's kind of this in-between. It's primarily, I guess, it's urban fantasy. Hmm. Uh, so it's urban fantasy noir because okay. it's a detective. And tell people who Johnny Lichen is because Johnny Lichen yeah. is this 30-year-old mook from Chicago who is trying to become a private investigator after years of being kind of a ne'er-do-well, doing construction, collecting bets for bookies, just kind of kicking around. The only thing is he also happens to be a werewolf. That's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty cool, actually. This has, pretty... this has Netflix written all over it. Don't tell me. Tell a producer. I'm, <laughs> I'm all about that. Um, yeah, but the, it, it fits in between. The horror people don't find it horror-y enough. <laughs> um, you know, shockingly, there's a lot of humor and stuff, but it's kind of unavoidable. I mean, I, as I was writing, I thought, okay, I'm this rage monster. I've got hands the size of hams and seven-inch claws, and I'm faced with a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, I can tap 
tackle the bad guys? How do I get out of the room? Well, I will say remote work and virtual businesses would certainly benefit somebody like Johnny Lycan. You know, that's it's funny that you say that because the utopian side of remote work is people with disabilities who can't commute, who can't go into an office. Right. Uh, people who live in areas that don't have good jobs. I mean, there are a lot of governments on both sides of the 49th that are looking into remote work as being kind of the savior of small towns. Um, that's the utopian side of it, the possibilities. And, and like everything human beings do, there are these great, amazing possibilities, but we're not allowed nice things. And so we manage to turn them into <laughs> crappy alternatives. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, think about Toronto, almost a third of the population of Toronto exists to service, support, and help people who come into Toronto to work every day. Good point. Good point. What happens to all of those people who run restaurants and messenger services and janitorial services yeah. and parking lots? And what happens to them if people stop coming into the cities? Well, that's a very good point. I mean, as a remote expert, what is your what is your prediction 10 years from now then? How how is this all going to roll out? Well, I'm not being facetious when I say if that I was that smart, I wouldn't be this broke. <laughs> you did see you did see you did see COVID coming in a way. So layout. Yeah, I mean that was inevitable. I, I, I think that was inevitable. Truthfully, it depends on the morning whether my glass is half full or half empty. Mm. Um, okay, so let's do both full, predictions. Let's do well, both the predictions. The glass full thing is I haven't had to schlep to an office in 20 years. Mm. I work from home. I was living in Chicago. Joan said to me, if you want to keep living with me, it will be somewhere warmer than here. <laughs> I packed up and moved to Las Vegas. I lost two days work in the process of the move. Right. I can live anywhere. I mean, one of the reasons we're here is not only is it fabulous weather and it's Las Vegas, but I can I need two things to do my job. I need Wi-Fi and an airport. And for the last two years, I haven't needed the airport. But I can choose to live almost anywhere and do my job. Now, not everybody can do that. Not everybody has that possibility. But what COVID has shown us is that if you if your job consists of fighting traffic, getting on the go train, doing what you're doing, hanging up your coat, sitting at your computer, and at the end of the day, you get up, put your coat on, and go back train. You don't have to go to the office to do that. Yeah, you're right. At least not every day. And so fundamentally, how people are claiming their time back and deciding where they want to live and you know how much time they want to spend with their families and do we need to work nine to five in order to do our jobs, there's a world of possibilities there. Now, the downside is, you know, when COVID hit, the joke was two businesses you don't want to be in are commercial real estate and dry cleaning. Mm -hmm. But that's no joke. Uh, I now have to drive eight miles to find a dry cleaner. Right. 
because you don't have people <laughs> dropping off stacks of That's right. every day. Yeah. Um, the, what does it mean to have a job? Uh, can companies brainstorm and be really creative if they don't have their people really functional? How do they build teams? And of course, that's where people like me step in. Um, matter of fact, we're writing the third book in the long distance series right now, which is about, and again, six months, you know, six months ahead of the curve uh, is about when you go back to work and you have to redesign your team because it's going to be this mix of some people in the office, some people remote, and you want to do that intentionally. Um, and not everybody's going to do it well, and there's going to be a lot of mistakes. Now, when is that book coming out, Wayne? That will be this time next year. Okay. So, if folks, if you're listening to this and you want uh, and you want to get a hold of Wayne, his uh, website is remoteleadershipinstitute.com. Remoteleadershipinstitute.com. Uh, or you can also go to that is the work that is the work dreaded day job. Okay. Okay. And, but if you want to find out more about Wayne's books, Johnny Lycan, by the way, Johnny Lycan and the Vegas Berserker is coming out this December, December 8th, uh, from Black Rose Writing. So, uh, just give us a, just give us a quick hit of what that's about. Well, you know, spoiler alert, Johnny survives the first book. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, there's no other way to do it, right? It's like, oh, is Johnny going to make it? Yeah, there's a second book. Uh, but he is now working for this rich old man who sends him to Las Vegas. He's a nice Chicago boy, and he gets sent to Las Vegas to retrieve this thing that everybody thinks is a fake and isn't. And he gets wrapped up in shenanigans, uh, including a coven of really cool witches and psychic pawnbrokers and berser and a berserker who is essentially a bear, for lack of a better term you know just a typical vegas night on the strip isn't it <laughs> uh, you know i have lived here long enough that nothing surprises me. <laughs> exactly <laughs> can, can i tell you my favorite vegas story yes please okay there are things that only happen here mm -hmm. and that my wife and I look at each other and go, this is why we live here, because this is our drive. So I'm driving up the street, residential neighborhood, far away from anything overtly Vegas. And there's a guy walking up the street carrying something, and it's big and colorful, and I can't quite figure out what it is. And as I get closer, I realize it's one of these giant Terry Fader, John Pattison ventriloquist dummies. Okay. <laughs> And he's walking up the street and he's actively engaging with the puppet as he's walking up the street. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, is he rehearsing? Is he having an episode? I don't know what the story is, <laughs> but he's walking up this residential street. My favorite thing, he gets to the corner and the puppet looks both ways. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> And I'm just like, you know, this stuff doesn't happen in Winnipeg. I know. And you know what? No one batted an eye. You're probably the only one. Nobody because... batted an eye. Yeah, same, nothing. Same week, 
my wife calls me, she takes the dog to the groomer. She calls me and says, there is a camel at PetSmart. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> and she sends me a picture. And in front of the store, in front of the pet store, there's just a camel hanging out. <laughs> and she says to the girl at the counter, there's a camel in front of the store. And the girl doesn't look up. Yeah, they're trying to socialize it. They're trying to teach you to get along with people. <laughs> Like, this is something that just happens. Totally. Again, Wayne's website, remoteleadershipinstitute.com. You want to hear about his books, and you want to hear about Johnny Lycan and the Vegas Berserker coming out December 8th. It's waynetermel.com. As Wayne says, don't let the weasels get you down. Wayne, thank you so much for coming on the show. So nice of you to have me and so good to connect you. Thanks so much. And if you'd like to catch up on any of my other Laugh Long and Prosper episodes, you can check me out on most of the streaming sources. And remember, if you or your workplace is suffering from stress and you need some stress-busting tips along with some genuine fun, ask me about my keynotes and workshops entitled Relieving Work-Related Stress with Humor. Until next time, folks, laugh long and prosper.